Welcome to the Planewalkers, an easy-to-access lore podcast for Magic the Gathering. My name is Sam. And I'm Kyle. And I'm still a little confused as to why we're here. So maybe you could clarify this. <laughs> okay. Well, we're here because I wanted a easy way for people that are kind of getting into the lore aspect of Magic the Gathering to find, well, an easy and accessible place for uh, that lore. Um, I find I found that in terms of podcasts at any rate, there wasn't any necessarily, at least from the few that I looked at, that were very chronological in how they went. So I wanted something that went from start to finish, kind of, where you could just look up wherever you wanted in the lore and you could just listen to that if you wanted or you could start from the beginning and just work your way through the entire history so Um, so is the intention that we're doing the entire lore tonight uh because i i didn't plan that i didn't schedule it that much time out of my schedule tonight (laughs) no not not all of it tonight tonight uh will be pretty simple straightforward just a little background into what planeswalkers are the probably i'd say quintessential character character type in the story of magic the gathering just explain what who and what they are kind of and go from there over the next however many however many weeks this podcast lasts for okay so if we're not doing it all tonight forever if we're not doing it all tonight when can people expect that you know that they will be getting this? What's what's your plan? Um, so I was thinking, at least for now, as this is my first podcast, uh, to try for every two weeks, mm-hmm. see how it goes from there. Um, if if I'm able to adapt well, if or if reception demands it, we can talk about maybe switching up to one week mm-hmm. or something like that but for now i think once it, one episode every two weeks is a good starting point okay so what is your background with, with match the gathering i'm i know what mine is um but i'm interested in oh, that's good I, I, i'm it's yes it is a good thing <laughs> that i know what my background is, is what's yours um so i got into magic the gathering probably around when I was 12-ish, so like half my life ago at this point, a little over half my life actually. Um, I had a friend who was really into it. Mm-hmm. I didn't really care about it. Uh, I was more into Dungeons and Dragons at the time. Still am, but you know, that's a different thing. Uh, and But he really wanted me to get playing the game, and so he started bribing me with Dungeons and Dragons miniatures. I remember he bribed me with, if I could beat him in a game, he'd give me this cool, fiery Pegasus miniature. Um, And so that got me into it. I think I kind of started getting in, I was introduced to the hobby, I think around the Alara blog. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure really when I never got, I never bought any cards from that set. He gave me a bunch of cards from that set. So that's why I think it was around then. Um, I did buy my first pack. I think it was in the, I don't know if it was the, yeah, it would have been the first Zendikar set, I think. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I remember my first rare ever was a goblin guide, which I kept for a long time. Didn't have great condition by the end of its life, but... Um, yeah, um, so I started getting into the hobby, but I moved at a point in my life, and then I kind of fell out of the hobby for a couple years, mm -hmm. and I kind of came back at the end of the Innistrad set, mm -hmm. and I thought the werewolves in that set were super cool, and so I built a mostly werewolf 60-card kitchen table kind of deck, mm -hmm. um... And so I played on and off for a couple of years, and then I kind of fell off for a year or two uh, at the start of, like, the start of when I went to university. But then towards the end of it, I got back into it. And I never really stopped after that. I've continued on um, pretty much steadily. I miss the occasional set because, you know, money concerns or just not as interested in the set as other sets, but that's kind of my story. I play predominantly Commander. Mm -hmm. um, I've played a little bit of Standard and Brawl on uh, Arena, but I haven't really touched Arena in a while. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's kind of my background. Um, now, were you what always, about yours? Uh, oh. Were you always... Uh... Was the lore always a part of the game that you enjoyed, or oh, was that right. something that you know I should have mentioned that, that. that came to you <laughs> later on? Um, so the lore. When I first started playing, I didn't care. I didn't know there was a story. Yeah. Um, I've always been interested in like the lore of a world or universe. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was when I really got back into magic at the end of the Innistrad block that I started asking my friend questions. He knew a fair bit more than I did. Not a well-versed um, know-it-all of the lore or anything like that, but he definitely knew some stuff. So one of the first thing, one of the first questions I remember ever asking was about what the heck was the deal with Emrakul uh, and the whole moon thing. Um... But yeah, uh, it took me a while to fully get immersed in the lore. Mm -hmm. uh, I was always interested, but I'd, you know, forget or get distracted with something else at the time. Yeah. And I didn't want to sit on YouTube to watch hours of videos. Because I also, like I said earlier, wanted to find something that could start from beginning and go to end. Mm -hmm. But... I didn't look very hard either at the time. Uh, but as I've progressed through my um, my love of this game, uh, I've just delved more and more into the lore. I'm not a master of the lore by any means. I know bits and pieces here and there throughout all of the magic verse, mm -hmm. if you will. Um, I'm more familiar with a lot of the more recent stuff, yeah. but I still know some things about the older stuff, and I'm always, every now and then, looking up random things here or there. Mm -hmm. See, for me, uh, I started playing magic uh, 
uh, much uh, later on in life, um, I started playing like the Star Trek collectible card game, and oh. then the Star Wars collectible card game, uh, and then and then uh, I you know life got in the way and it moved and didn't have the opportunity to be playing uh, cards against. There wasn't anyone I knew locally that I could play against. So was looking for just that, you know, collectible card game fix online and came across Magic Online. So the first set I started playing was the original Ravnica. Um, So played through that entire block online and then more life stuff got in the way. And I didn't really come back to Magic until uh, the Tarkir block. And that's when I started playing oh, wow. okay. uh, in, you know, with actual physical cards and have been playing pretty much uh, since then. Um, the last couple years uh, is probably, it's probably the thing that I do the most, uh, you know, with my free time. Um, yeah. I draft, uh, draft is probably one of my favorite ways to play. So I try to do that weekly. Uh, once a week in person, and I usually draft a couple times a week on Arena. Um, I also um, play Commander, although I seem to build more Commander decks than I actually play. Um, but I think that I think that's a commonplace for a lot of people. Um, oh yeah, I get to play like once every two or three months, yeah. and I make a, a deck or two in between that period of time. It seems all the time. Yeah, so, uh, but uh, thankfully I do get to play a little bit more than that. Um, But as far as the lore goes, I really could have cared less. Like, obviously, you pick up, like, some of the character names, you know. um, Mm -hmm. We're going to be talking about Planeswalkers later uh, this evening. Wizards, you know, really pushed, you know, the Planeswalkers, you know, to the forefront as far as telling, you know, being a big part of the the story. Uh, So, you know, I knew, you know, I knew who the the characters were and some of the beats that happened on some of the planes. But I had very little interest until um, uh, Kaldheim. Which was only, which was only a couple, which was only a couple years ago. And it was... You know, they they showed off the entire set, and I in fact during the uh, during like you know Wizards does their you know their launch um, their pre you know their um, intro videos. You know, whenever there's a new set that they're ready to launch, they do their right. launch video where they fix, show the world and show off some cards and mechanics. And at the end of the call time wa- uh, video, they're like, oh yeah, and here's the and here's Vorinclex and like, well, well, this doesn't make sense. (laughs) Like they've talked about building out this, you know, this entire world, uh, you know, specifically, you know, around Norse mythology and, and then all of a sudden here's this Phyrexian, you know, Phyrexian Praetor and they didn't say anything. They was like, yeah, it's there. And they dropped that little tidbit and it got me so interested that, um, that from there on, that's when I really started reading you know, all of the the fiction that went along with you know the the, uh, the release of every set. Um, 
So it's only been the last couple of years where I've gotten interested uh, uh, in the story. So for me, I'm looking forward to doing this, if only just because I'm getting to learn all, <laughs> all this stuff that I don't know. So I'm, I'm very excited about that. Yeah. So obviously yeah. I don't have any of this inf- knowledge for, you know, um, where are you getting it from? So, I don't have most of the, um, I don't have a stack of books or anything mm-hmm. on my on my desk or anything. So, at least for now, predominantly, most of our information will be coming from the wiki and short fiction that Wizards produces. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the wiki, some might say, could be... Uh, potentially a little uh, iffy with its information. Um, We just don't have access. Are you saying that the internet is not 100% accurate? Is is that what you're suggesting? Uh, You know, maybe, you know, I, uh, yeah, I think it, I think I might be. I I, I better make a note. Um, (laughs) Sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) Continue. Um, Yeah. So the, I, I get a lot of the information I find through the wiki mm-hmm. just because I'm interested in a character, so I'll look them up. Um, and like, so if you're here looking for a podcast that knows all the facts, knows every single piece of the lore, this probably isn't the podcast for you. It's going to be very kind of sparks notey, mm-hmm. I guess, is a good way to describe it. Um, so... I find I find that the wiki is probably a good way to kind of divulge that information. And if you, the listener, want to find a more detailed account of that information yourself, you can certainly go digging for it. Mm-hmm. Um, we will, at, when it becomes a, um, necessary for the point in the story we're discussing, we will also be using that short fiction I mentioned mm-hmm. um, from what I've dis- from what I've found while looking the wizards website the, um, doesn't have like their their writing has been kind of here and there for forever they started out writing novels and then when they decided kind of the direction they wanted to go with the story they, those older novels I think I think from what I've heard became kind of not necessarily canon, mm-hmm. and then those newer stories became more canon than the older ones. Um, and it wasn't until, at least based off of what the Wizards website has, it wasn't until the Tarkir block that the short fiction was really put in place. Because if you go on their website and go back as far as they can, I believe that one of the Tarkir sets or the block itself is the oldest thing they mm-hmm. have. So unfortunately that leaves us with a large gap where yes, there are books that we can get, but you know, you got to have money for the books. And so uh, at some point it'd be great if I can get my hands on some of those, either with eBooks or hard copies. Um, but for now it's predominantly going to be wiki information and just yeah until like 
an example. Some of the early stuff, though, has come up in more recent times, and so they actually do have some short fiction mm -hmm. for it. So uh, a topic we'll be covering in the next episode or two will be the Elder Dragon War, and there's a bit of information, not a ton, but there's a bit of information that came up with one of the core sets, uh, I think Core 19, maybe, and then the Brothers War just had a big set release um, last year, and so that being one of the older pieces of Magic Story has been revived and has more relevant information. So when we get to those topics, there will be a more available and more accurate uh, source of information. So then l let's put your utilization of the internet to its first test. What is a planeswalker? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, well, a planeswalker is basically all in every uh, major story for the magic lore. Uh, a planeswalker is predominantly the main character, mm -hmm. but that doesn't really describe what a planeswalker is. So a planeswalker... Uh, especially in the older days of the the story, a planeswalker w was considered to be one of the most powerful beings in the multiverse, uh, and they have this special ability to planeswalk, um, a special ability that in fact allows them these planeswalkers to traverse the multiverse and appear in different worlds. Um, well, multiverse. Yeah, what is this multiverse, multiverse you um, speak of? So, the multiverse. Uh, in the world of magic, uh, it has a very specific term. I think the multiverse can be used in sort of different meanings. Like, if you take Marvel or DC stuff, the multiverse... I think it's called the multiverse now. I'm not as versed in that as I used to be. Mm -hmm. um, but it's basically... Uh, the entire collection of the mainline universe and then a bunch of other like alternate realities and stuff. But that's not exactly how it is in magic. In magic, uh, the multiverse is kind of, I kind of see it basically as just a universe, but it's more abstract than that. There's not really space. Mm -hmm. Like you couldn't take a spaceship, not really, except in, the goofy unsets. Um, you can't really take a spaceship and fly to another plane of existence. At least they haven't done that yet as far as I'm aware, so I don't think that that's the case. Mm -hmm. But basically the multiverse is you have a world and you can appear on these other planes. Mm -hmm. The multiverse is simply the home for a near infinite amount of planes. The each plane is its own world yeah um planes are simply just different worlds uh, pretty self-contained for the most part and typically unable to interact with other planes um there are some notable examples of uh planes that do have interaction from other planes which is typically caused because of planeswalkers mm -hmm. um planes like ravnica dominaria and innistrad are rife with planeswalker uh, shenanigans um 
And, well, we'll see. Without saying too much, we'll see how uh, that uh, interactivity changes uh, when March of the Machines comes out in the spring. Um, but typically each of these worlds in the multiverse, each of these planes does their own thing mm -hmm. and doesn't really ever interact with another plane. Um, so <laughs> is there just one planet and just in every multiverse, it has a different name and a completely different look and feel or when a planeswalker is traveling through the multiverse, are they just tra like traveling to a different planet? Um, so planeswalking, um, it's basically its own kind of spell. Okay. But it's uh, very, it's very specifically limited to planeswalkers, and we'll go into why. Uh, in a bit, but to answer your question, um, planeswalkers can choose specific locations to planeswalk to, and they can do so by accessing the blind eternities, which is basically this void in between planes. So when I said it's kind of like a universe in a way, there's this empty space, at least that's how I picture it, mm -hmm. um, in between each plane. So they're not, it's not one plane, it's not one world that has like an infinite amount of layers of alternate realities. Um, it's like a pocket. Mm -hmm. You've got one plane, you've got Ravnica in one pocket, and then you've got uh, Mirrodin uh, or New Phyrexia in another pocket. Uh, they're all their own space. They don't, they don't overlap. They, they aren't their own, like they aren't a mm -hmm. collective world. They're each their own thing. So, can a planeswalker just like sign up? Is it like do they have to go to planeswalker school? Is there a, a night course that I can take? How does one become a planeswalker? Well, unfortunately for you or me, we probably aren't planeswalkers in the event that magic was real and we were in that world. But so a planeswalker is unique because they have something that is known as a planeswalker spark uh nearly any organic being could have that spark so in theory one of us could have it and it just has mm -hmm. no woken yet but it is a thing that is you must be born with and it is something that ties to your very soul so there are certain creatures in the world of magic like angels and demons which are typically constructs that are created by the manifestation of mana and do not have souls and cannot be planeswalkers uh though there have been at least a couple odd exceptions mm -hmm. to that rule um now well so the odds of being born with this spark yeah. are rare it is even rarer for that spark to ignite so the ignition of a spark is what allows a figure to actually planeswalk. And, but it only ever triggers in very specific situations. And typically, it's only caused by extreme levels of stress, which are often also 
caused by near-death experiences. So, I mean, if you were about to get murdered in the street or whatever, maybe your spark would ignite and you'd be, you'd find yourself on a different plane. Um, hopefully that event doesn't happen. I mean, if you got to planeswalk, that'd be pretty cool. But, um, yeah, uh, when your spark ignites, though, you, I believe in every circumstance, you are whisked away to another mm-hmm. plane. So, probably a bit jarring for planeswalkers um when it first happens i can only imagine how confusing and just messed up everything would be you you're born in like this very let's say you're born on uh innistrad a very uh well kind of terrible place to live with vampires and werewolves everywhere and Although I got to imagine though could... that if you are a vampire or a werewolf, it's actually probably a pretty good place to live. Oh yeah, for sure. But um, if you're just a regular person, it's probably not a great place to live. But if you planeswalk, you might find yourself on Ravnica, which is basically just a giant mm-hmm. city uh, plane. Uh, that would be, I think, pretty jarring. Now maybe. Being in a city is not that strange a concept to a, a newborn planeswalker, but different races you've never seen before, different technology. If you go, if you were whisked away to the plane of Kaladesh, I can only imagine how strange and confusing that would be for someone that's from a more rural and rustic plane. Like a, a farmer from Innistrad would be very confused. I yeah. can only imagine if they were sent to Kaladesh. But not. But it. But it's not a an everyday person. Anyways, these are usually no very people that are very uh, powerful spell wielders. Because uh, yeah, ultimately um, planeswalking is just another type of spell. Correct. Yeah, that is true. It's basically like another spell. It has its own. For some people, it can be easy. It can come off extremely easy. Like, you, you it's as easy as snapping mm-hmm. your fingers. Um, others, it can be much more difficult. Uh, can take more time to build up the power needed. Or, for examples, with a character like the Wanderer, whose spark is... I forget the specific reasoning it came up recently but i don't have that knowledge quite in my head but she has a kind of fractured spark a broken spark and she can't she has trouble holding her uh self on any particular plane and kind of bounces around Mm -hmm. the multiverse a lot um uh there are other conditions like other kinds of magic uh it can be uh it's generally impossible to planeswalk with other organic beings, though we kind of have a few exceptions from planeswalkers uh, that have other unique spells and abilities that allow them to kind of circumvent mm-hmm. the problem. Um, like, uh, there's a character, Jian uh, Yu, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right, but uh, he travels around with 
I don't even know if it's a it's a dog that's made out of stone and then it turns into a dog, or if it's actually a dog. I feel like I heard that somewhere that it was actually a rock, but he he can travel around with mm-hmm. this dog, even though the dog isn't a planeswalker. Um, Kaya, a uh, kind of a planeswalker with phasing mm-hmm. abilities, can supposedly, from what I've read, uh, planeswalk if she's kind of pseudo possessing mm-hmm. someone um but yeah there's a few examples but generally you can't uh it actually is um the point of a couple i think uh stories where that uh where that problem of not being able to planeswalk with organic other organic beings comes up um Another interesting thing about planeswalking and how it is like a spell is that, like, a teleportation spell from Dungeons & Dragons, for example, you choose where you are going. There might be problems. You might not Mm -hmm. succeed all the time in where you want to go. But like that, planeswalkers can also choose which planes... Oh, sorry. They can choose which plane to planeswalk to. Uh, by accessing a place called the Blind Eternities. It's the void between the planes. Um, A planeswalker can even planeswalk to a different location on the same plane. So basically just straight up teleportation. Mm -hmm. Just... It's... It's a... uh, It's... It has its its, uh, issues. It has its benefits quite uh, many benefits you can easily use it to escape a problem um though other planeswalkers can follow you in the wake of you uh planeswalking away so if you're in a conflict with another planeswalker you might still have to deal with them in the future uh so you've mentioned a couple planeswalkers but you also reference you referenced like Marvel and DC earlier, and the planeswalkers mm-hmm. that you've mentioned so far are kind of like the uh, you know the West Coast Avengers, um, you know <laughs> compared to you know like the true you know standout um, planeswalkers you know the A team you know the you know the real Avengers of the. Yeah. Of the multiverse. So, who are some of the, like the more popular planeswalkers? Okay, so the first most prevalent planeswalker, um, arguably the most famous, arguably the most infamous, uh, is a being a figure called Urza. Um, Urza. Uh, we will actually be covering a lot in the in a lot of the earlier episodes because Dominaria, um, his home plane, uh, takes up quite a lot of the uh, early lore in mm-hmm. its space. Um, it wasn't until I, th- I don't even know the exact time periods. I think early two thousands that they fully left uh, mm-hmm. Dominaria and started exploring other planes like planes got explored but they they left the original cast aside but urza is and we'll go into why but he is 
probably the most well-known and also probably the most uh, possibly the most problematic planeswalker out of the the quote-unquote good planeswalkers you know he, he's got his issues um now do you think but for the sir do you think that he is the most uh famous or infamous in general or within within the lore of magic that's a sorry yeah that's a good point um definitely in the in the the lore he's definitely probably among the more infamous slash famous planeswalkers um Newer players probably aren't going to know a lot of Ur about Urza unless they were introduced to him in the yeah. Brothers War uh, set. But, because he hasn't mm -hmm. been around for a while. His story has finished. Um, but, lots of players know quite a lot about Urza as well. Like, he, as I said, he is quite well known um, to the older fan base, the people that know a lot about the lore. But, the Planeswalkers that people are going to more than likely know the newer players are characters known uh characters like mm -hmm. jace chandra liliana uh, the members of the gatewatch um and some of the other um planeswalkers that kind of help them out from time to time or antagonize them from time to time and they generally are loved by the fan base as well. Uh, some people really like to hate on Jace. Uh, lots of people love Chandra and Liliana. Um, I personally have no problems with Jace. Maybe it's because I don't know his him from a personality-wise mm -hmm. lore base. Like I know, I know, I know about Jace. I know what he's done in his life, but I haven't because I haven't read the fiction. Where he is always prevalent, I don't maybe necessarily understand him from a personality base, and so maybe that's why I don't see why people dislike Jace that much, or maybe they're just sick and tired of him because he's been around for forever now. I think that's probably some of it, um, but but Liliana and Chandra have been around uh, as long and are probably even more popular. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think though oh, yeah. there's probably a bit of a stigma with Jace because of the color that he's associated with, you know, and mm, yeah, that could be, and he had that really busted card for a while. Yeah. Which is kind of really, seems like, uh, you know, that's the epitome of a blue player, right? And blue player, you know, mono blue players yeah. always get a bit of hate. Um, but yeah, with, without obviously without jumping, you know, to where we are, uh, in the story, uh, there were definitely some people that were very happy with what has happened to Jace. <laughs> yeah, that that is definitely true. That is definitely true. There are some people that are more than happy the about what's going on in the story. And there are a lot of people that are probably really sad about what's going on in <laughs> yes. the story. Um, surprisingly, though, with this, we, we haven't seen a... We haven't seen a true villain um, planeswalker like we did with the last large um, story that, that led up to War of the Spark. And that villain was yeah. Nicol Bolas. Yeah. Nicol Bolas 
has been a part of the story for quite a while, actually. Uh, he will actually be talking about him probably mm-hmm. next week a little bit. Uh, we'll figure out exactly how much information will go on because he's been around for a while and his story spans quite a long period of time. Being an elder dragon, one of the first kind of dragons uh, on Dominaria, one of the last surviving dragons from Dominaria, really, uh, of notable size and strength anyways. Um, yeah, he, he, his story sp- spans quite a, quite a distance. Uh, we lose him for tracks mm-hmm. in the story. Uh, he's there a little bit at the beginning He's gone for quite a while after that, and then he kind of shows up sporadically, and then all of a sudden, when I think it's Alara hits, he suddenly is the big bad antagonist of that story, and then we start to see over the next several sets leading up to the War of the Spark set, we start seeing his plans and machinations Mm -hmm. just kind of unfolding and revealing themselves to what his true purpose is going to be. And I I think the one can argue that the that there's nothing interesting about a villain that seems to know everything and just always seems to mm-hmm. be succeeding. I think Nickelbolus is really cool and I really like the overall plot around Nickelbolus. I only really started focusing on it around uh, I think the mm-hmm. Ixalan set so i was a, i was a little late to the party with yep. nickel bolus but i still find it very interesting very fascinating and there's a lot of cool little things that hopefully we'll get to uh at a later date um that'll go over his mm-hmm. his plots his plans his allies his rise and possible fall well, you'll have to stay tuned for that if you're if mm-hmm. you're interested. So you mentioned Jace. You mentioned that you like Jace, but I'm guessing not one of your favorites. So, who are your favorite planeswalkers? Yeah, uh, I mean Jace is fine. Liliana is cool, but they were never mm-hmm. really my favorites. And honestly, from a lore perspective, I don't know if I have a necessary favorite for stuff they've done that's really shined mm-hmm. in the lore not necessarily like if i was going to pick a character based off of just how interesting their lore was i'd probably just pick nickel bolus because i think he's mm-hmm. really interesting uh, at least for the plant the plans he does and his villainy but um whether it's their cards themselves or their character to a degree or just the mysteriousness of their character uh, there's a couple that I definitely have favorites for. Um, I'm quite a fan of Chandra. I think she's very interesting. Uh, a classic fire mage. Maybe maybe not so classic. She has fire hair. I don't know how prevalent that is for every mage that uses fire. But um, she's she's got really cool cards. She's got a really cool design. She's, she's really grown into herself as a character over the years. Um, she's... I think one of the younger planeswalkers, at least from mm-hmm. the Gatewatch. Um, yeah, she's very powerful. She takes out some very powerful enemies pretty much on her own. She gives Nicol Bolas a run for her money, though it doesn't really uh, 
it's maybe for a moment that she does. Um, another character I'm quite a fan of, mainly because they're fairly mysterious, is uh, the Planeswalker Ashiok. I think you could probably associate mm -hmm. them as a villain. Um, they're not good. <laughs> yeah. Not really. Uh, but they haven't really done a whole lot that's mm -hmm. evil, from my understanding. Like, maybe I'm missing some things, uh, but... They, they're missing half their head, basically. It's weird. They have, like, this weird mist coming out of the top half of their head. Uh, you don't even know if if they even have a gender. Uh, it's... They're very strange. Uh, last time we saw them was with the latest mm -hmm. Theros set. We haven't seen them since. They apparently went to go to New Phyrexia. We don't really know a lot about what happened there. I think we know a little bit, but we'll get into that when we get to that that's way down the road um yeah but they're very ambiguous very strange mm -hmm. mysterious and i i find that quite interesting uh and the other planeswalker that i'm quite particular of because they were one of the first planeswalkers that i ever had mm -hmm. and ran in one of my decks it's kiora she's this merfolk uh mm -hmm. planeswalker i forget exactly where she's from but um she shows, I don't know if she's from Theros or if she just appears there, but she has some interesting stories from her time in Theros. She steals a god's weapon, which is really, really funny. She, she's, she, my, the big reason I was so interested in her as a, as a card at the very least back in the day is because she was very... Um, she had connections to sea mm -hmm. monsters, octopus, krakens, uh, serpents, and all that. And I had a deck that was kind of around that at the time, and I, I thought it was super cool. And so, she was super cool. Uh, she hasn't shown up since War of the Spark. I really want her to show up again because she's cool, <laughs> and I, I want my cool planeswalkers to yeah. do things. You know. Uh. Yeah, those are my particular mm -hmm. favorites. Do you have any particular? Yeah, favorites? Um, I, I like Ral Zarek, um for like for no other particular reason that I just think he looks interesting, um, and mm. um, I, I like the idea of is it, <laughs> um, you know. So uh, yeah. I, I find uh, I find that appealing. Um, Sahili Ray and Tezzeret, uh, I I like both um, because I'm a big fan. Oh, I love Tezzeret. Um, I'm a big fan of, of artifacts and, and artificers. Uh, we, you know, you mentioned D and D before. I play D and D. I currently play as an artificer. So, mm -hmm. so just what their roles are, I find interesting. Uh, and then you mentioned the Eternal Wanderer, or the sorry, the Wandering Emperor, earlier. Mm. Um, I find her yeah. very fascinating just for the fact that she doesn't have control. And I think that's a, in, that's interesting that, yeah. you know, she has this incredible power, um, but doesn't really have the ability to harness it. Um, so I'm hoping that we're actually going to see, see more of her. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think she'll probably show up more hopefully she's definitely shown up a lot recently so hopefully she'll yeah. keep showing up but we, we don't know when we are going to see her next 
But you know what? We you at least one of us knows what we're going to be talking about on our next show. Yeah. So um, next episode we're going to be uh, discussing in brief uh, the prehistory, which is a period of time before the story really takes place. There's not a lot of information that I could find on it, but we will be taking a more in-depth look on the overall mytho history of uh, of the magic universe, but particularly the focus will be shifted onto the time of dragons and what is known as the Elder Dragons War. So we'll be talking a little bit about Nicobolus, a little bit maybe about his brother Ugin. Um, and yeah, we'll just... That's uh, what you guys will have to look forward to uh, next episode. Um, you can find us uh, at the at the Planewalker uh, on Twitter. Or you can email us if you have questions or uh, other concerns at theplainwalkers1 at gmail.com um, perhaps in the future we'll, we can have an extra bonus episode every now and then uh, filling in the gaps of information from previously covered information or other questions that might come up mm-hmm. but um, that'll do it for this episode I think um, thank you all for listening uh, you can Find us in uh, another two weeks or so. Uh, Have a great day, night, whatever.